Hey guys, welcome back to the Brooklyn Beat Podcast. Uh, as always, this is Justin Worsley, live to you from Jersey City, New Jersey. With me as always is Nick in Brooklyn, uh, and special guest of the program, Matt George Stanley. How are you guys today? Yeah, not too bad. Can't complain. I'm doing all right here on my end. Um, so I think we're going to kick things off by talking some baseball. So, um, I may be in the minority here. I love that baseball happens every day and that you get 162 games a year. There really are no days off and things change drastically from week to week, month to month. And the biggest case right now being, uh, the city of New York, where, uh, in April, it was all about Queens, it was all about the Mets and how they were doing great and, how they were the darlings of the town, how the Yankees and their evil empire were struggling. And all of a sudden, uh, shit's really hit the fan. And the Mets are now 2019. <laughs> they lost two or three to the, to the Reds. And the Yankees just went nuclear. Um, I want to say they won like 16 and 17. It was like 20 of 22 or something like that. So Being the top three teams in the AL, too. So, yeah. So, now the Yankees are um, they're in first place in the AL East. They're 28 and 12. And the Mets are... In fourth at 20 and 19, uh, Matt Harvey has been DFA'd and then traded to the Reds. Um, and Murphy's Law, pretty much everything that can go wrong with the Mets has gone wrong while the Yankees are. Everything's breaking right for them. Um, what's up with the Mets, guys? They're being the Mets. <laughs> I mean, this has been that's the one team that uh, that I adopted from my dad. You know, it's you know he has his own uh, his own set. He's a Jets fan too. But the Mets are the one thing I followed it on, and I regret it pretty often. <laughs> it's been uh, it, I just feel like that's what they always do. They always get your hopes up and then just uh, just fall right through the floor. Well, their problem is that they um, they still go back to the Wilpon situation, and they never spend in the off season. They gave uh, Jason Vargas sixteen million dollars this year when you had pitchers like Jake Arrieta on the market. And, uh, you know, they went uh, bargain hunting, and it hasn't worked out for them. Um, and that's the crazy thing, too. I mean, this isn't like a, uh, a small-town market like Kansas City or um, like Oakland. They're, they're in New York. They have that money to spend. And when you're a big market team like New York uh, or Boston or even Philadelphia – you can afford to take on those massive contracts. And if one doesn't work out for you, you can eat one, maybe even two of them. Like, at that point, take the risk. And they've just been – they've been so tight to sit over the years. Yeah, I agree with you. They um, they need to take more of the, the approach that the Yankees have this year. You know, they have a brand-new stadium. The Yankees have a brand-new stadium. They need to start to spend the money. But now they also need to – brought back Omar Manaya, so they need to draft a little better as well. And maybe if they're not doing so well uh, when the break comes along, get rid of one of those prize pitching prospects they have. Um, and then on the other side, the Bronx, um, the Yankees acquired Giancarlo Stanton in the offseason. So now they have two star right fielders who are – switching between the outfield DH uh, Aaron judging played center field, which is completely shocking to me at some point. Um, Louis Severino's uh, really hit his, his potential as an ace pitcher. Um, 
Sabathia's even been pitching well too. Um, I mean, really, where's the where's the flaw of the Yankees? I mean, maybe third base, but even now they have Glaber Torres as their top prospect who can play there as well. Well, we could do one thing. Uh, maybe uh, Nick, Nick, Nick. I know likes the Yankees. Uh, he probably could tell us a little bit about Torres. Uh, or not, um, <laughs> possibly. I thought he was in, but, um, you know, he would be the only guy in any trade scenario that is untouchable, I would say. Um, and the other question, too, with that is, uh, I mean, the Yankees have been big suitors for Machado, uh, the Orioles shortstop slash third baseman. Uh, do they even go for him now, Torres waiting in the wings? Well, you'd say Torres is probably going to stay at second. Uh, I don't think they want to put too much on him too early. Um, which is a solid point as well. So maybe Machado still is in the market for them. Um, I mean, that's the crazy thing too is that, I mean, the Yankees, they're, they're flush with talent on the major league level. They have one of the best prospects in the minor league systems and – you know, traditionally, they they can spend money. It's not, it's not even an issue for them, obviously. It's, it's, it's it the never has been. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that, that goes back to Stein, you know, Steinbrenner buying the team when they were really bad in the 80s. Giving Catfish Hunter the uh, first ever million-dollar contract. Yeah, well, you know, you got to start somewhere sometimes. And, um, you know, they basically have the money and the prospects to go get anyone they want, which is a plus, and they're obviously World Series or bust at this point. Which I feel like is kind of the mantra for the Yankees every year, though, too. Um, even, even if they have, like, a not-great roster, I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of the fans' mantra, which is what happens when you, um, um, you win 27 World Series. Yeah, well, you know, they ha- yeah, that's all. You bring in the Mets there. Uh, which which Matt adopted from his dad, he said. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> they don't do the, – the Mets don't do the statues, so you don't get the heritage there. And I think that's uh, a, a big difference too is the, the culture between the two teams. The Yankees – Totally agree with you. The Yankees uh, enjoy the culture and, uh, you know, they're willing to bring it up. And, you know, most Yankee fans like myself – we'll throw it back in your face because we know that we're the greatest, probably the greatest franchise in sports history, just because of, uh, you know, the way things have gone. All right. We're going to uh, take a break real quick. We'll be right back guys. This is a uh, Brooklyn V podcast. All right, guys, we are back. Sorry about that. We had a little uh, technical difficulties. Nick, can you say something? Yes, I can. All right, oh, finally, there Nick, is. Is, Nick is finally here. Um, sorry about that. For the first uh, couple minutes of the podcast, Nick couldn't hear. And then he could hear, but he couldn't speak, which um, a lot we of know people Nick, prefer. 
I know. I, I want to say it, but I didn't want to say it too. <laughs> um, so, Nick, do you want to add any comments about the Yankees, or do you think? Uh, yeah, no. I, I mean, you, you guys kind of hit it on the head with uh, with Torres at the, at the, at the very least. I love Torres, uh, but I love Torres at second base. Well, I don't um, think you love Torres as much as George does, though. So let's, you know, stay, probably not. Find your place yeah. in line. Right, <laughs> right. But uh, I think Torres at second base is great. I think Torres at third base. I don't know if he's got the bat to play third base. I think you're better. Defensively, too, uh, he's been impressive, and uh, he moves really well. Uh, he runs the bases well. Uh, he looks as advertised, you know, so, thus far. And I mean, he's young, but you know, he he has a lot of good at bats. You know, I don't see him as a thirty home run kind of guy, but that's that's okay. You don't need those kind of guys. But I do look at him as a guy who could bat, you know, three hundred, three ten, even three twenty kind of guy, and be a you know fifteen to eighteen home run guy, seventy five RBI guy. And play, you know, play good defense at at second. So I, I think he's he's, you know, uh, really blossomed right before our, before our eyes into a really really good baseball player. I agree. It's exciting. Uh, as for third base, I, I know a lot of people say you know re- regarding Machado and stuff like that. I got to be honest, as a Yankee nope. fan, I don't. I'm really not interested in Machado. You know, I, it's not a knock on him as a player. I think he's a really good player, but you know, uh, we're we're good where we are right now in the sense of. We don't have a ton of these, you know, ex- crazy contracts that we used to have back in the day. You know, we have Stanton, who's really here Thanks, on a Derek. discount, if you really think about it. Uh, <laughs> as, as much as a discount as that guy can be, making a, a pretty, you know, a pretty big penny as it is, you know. It's, it's, I mean, we're, we're also suffering with Jacoby Ellsbury, so I guess it kind of balances out that. Thanks, know, Brian. We're getting uh, $25 million value out of uh, Aaron Judge for, you know, a million dollars, and we're getting – zero value out of a $25 million player. No, so that's that, but I wouldn't be, you know, uh, falling over myself to add Machado, who on top of it is also another righty bat that uh, the Yankees lineup is pretty righty heavy as it is. I- I'm not against adding another righty, but I don't want to pay another righty. I think it's safe to say, you know? I think it's safe to yeah, say the do. Yankees are right supremacists, correct, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm... Yeah, that's that's one way to put it. Hey, yeah. um, that oppo- opposite field power goes well in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Um, so, out of the thirty teams, which team do you think is the most disappointing so far this season? <laughs> that one's an easy one. The Dodgers. Uh, yeah, baseball. Yeah, it's gotta be the Dodgers. Yeah. Throwing away the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I saw uh, there was an article written about them. Uh, I want to say sometime last week or whatever that they were playing. Uh, I think the Reds and the Marlins back to back for seven straight games. And people were saying, like, oh, you know, they're going to be easy. okay. Like, that'll get them right back to 500. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be okay. They're going to get back to 500. And they, the first six yeah. games they lost. And it was like, oh, man, like, they're just yeah, it's kind of brutal. mess right now. You know? <laughs> Kershaw, like, I, I, so yeah, it's, it's tough. They're really, really struggling. So many Every- things for Kershaw. He's just, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of yeah. sneak, it's sneaking up on him right now. Yo, third stint on the DL in three years. Plus, uh, Seager's uh, out for the year also. It's a massive blow for them. Yes. Yeah, the, I mean, it's just – it's going to get worse before it gets better uh, in L.A. Well, the good thing and is they got money and ass. Yeah. It's true, they do, but the problem is they're already spending a ton of it and they're not performing now either, so I don't – not a lot of routes. So, I mean, the real question is um, when we get towards the deadline, do you think the Dodgers are going to be selling or do you think they're going to try and retool and buy up? I guess it's still too early for them, I guess, is what it is right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of early. I think the only thing is, is that if they continue at this pace, if they're 10, 15 games under 500, what do you, what do you, you're not going to buy. 
So, I mean, the problem is that what you got to decide there is are you going to sell or are you just going to say, all right, you know, there's two months left. It's a lost season. Try to recoup and, you know, maybe come back at it again. That's, I mean, that's probably what their crossroad is going to be. On the I'm trying to think. Do they, have any, um, do they have anybody who has, like, a high sale value they can just give away for uh, the offseason, like the Yankees did with Chapman? Yes. He plays third base. Oh, Justin Turner. Yeah. Oh. Him right there. Yeah, I mean, I can see that one. Which would, would make sense, too, because I know the, uh, the Dodgers, you know, their team who's in the market for, uh, for Machado. Um, that's true too but it's more money they got to spend <laughs> yes a ton of more money exactly. yeah yeah I don't so um other side of the coin who do you think has been the most surprising team so far in baseball geez the cardinals i mean yeah you, you can say the cardinals it's tough because you know it was a weird i i, I will say this oh Atlanta, yes you know, I, I was gonna say atlanta uh, mm. Yeah, that like I felt like they were like a year away, you know, like they were a year away from really competing, and they kind of didn't really agree, you know, and they were like, no, we're 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 competing now, you know, like, and they kind of came out of nowhere a little bit, and you know, I don't think anybody expected them to be leading the division after this far, you know, everybody had had the Nationals, who you know they're struggling a little bit, they're kind of banged up too, so that's not helping them, and you know what, not enough, nothing, the Phillies too, you know, the Annalise is a lot more competitive this year than I think people the thought it was going to be. And the, yeah, well, obviously, perennially, always the case. You know, but it's yeah, it's always the case, you know. So uh, yeah, that, that at least a lot better than I thought it was gonna be this year. I, I um, the Braves are—they're also the youngest team in baseball, I believe, too this year. Um, Ozzy Albus, I think, is only twenty-one. They caught up a uh, Acuna, who um, is also, I think, nineteen or twenty years old. Um, is that young? Damn. Yeah, I yeah. hear things like that, and I feel like I wasted my life. You know, I'm sitting here at 30, and I'm I know. like, why, why wasn't I a starting tight end or wide receiver? Like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Ronald Acuna is 20 years old. I mean, you, you, you moonlight yes, is that on weekend. <laughs> Depends on what city I'm in. Um, I think the craziest thing about and this, especially because they're such a young team, this is the Braves' home and road records. At home, they're 9-8. and eight. Away, they're 17-8. and eight. Yeah, that's, for, that's for, especially for a young team. Their run differential is plus yeah. fifty nine. Wow. Well, yeah, and and you know, well, you know, haven't they played the Phillies a, a, a few times? You know, they played in a few uh, when they've been away. They played in a, a more than a few hitter friendly parks, which I think always helps younger batters. But even their home parks is a hitter park now too. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true as well. I guess. Well, I guess most of the new stadiums now they're making hitters parks. You know, they love. You know, it's back to the home runs and the strike. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny. I always thought it was funny that they talk about like parks being catered to their rosters. I'm just thinking, you know, generally you build a park. I mean, it doesn't happen anymore because people literally teams build parks and they have them for 20 years. But because, like, I, I think Arizona's trying to get a new park, and they literally just got one in, what was it, 97 when they built the stadium or something like that? And they're trying to get a new park, which is insane. Uh, and Atlanta did the same thing, too. But it's funny, like, you build parks for the guys you have, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, oh, some of these stadiums are, like, 100 years old. Like, what, what are you worried about building the park for a guy who's not going to be there in five years? Yeah, well, the per- <laughs> well, don't make sense to The me. perfect well, example is uh, down in Boston there, right? Fenway? Yeah. Um, I remember when the Mets built City Field, they actually moved the walls around to yes. um, 
to tailor it for Jose Reyes so we can hit his triples into the gaps. <laughs> the Mets, classic Mets. Classic. <laughs> my, you know what my favorite was about that? Because I think it was the first season that they made, they had both the stadiums. Like oh, nine. Nine, I think. And I remember for the first half, the Yankees were hitting the home runs out like crazy. You know, on the right center field, a little jet stream everybody, you know, was bitching about and stuff like that. And whatever, all right, it went through. I'm not going to lie, whatever, it is what it is. But I remember every Mets fan was just like, oh, well, if the Yankees played in the city field, they would never hit home runs. I think the Yankees went there for a three-game series, and they were literally playing home run derby. <laughs> and they, were hit, they hit, like, nine home runs in, like, three games. And everybody's like, oh, well, what happened now? We played in your stadium, and you still can't hit home runs the weekend. <laughs> Jeez. I think it's just it, – it's the jinx. It's got to be the jinx, man. It's the Doc and, and Strawberry, you know, jinx there. <laughs> for, for them, you know what I mean. I I personally blame Bernie uh, yeah. after all these years. <laughs> that, that, you know what? Whether you do or don't, the, the owners still they made money that. off of Madoff, though. You know what I mean. So I guess you could see that it's they probably you know at the time they probably knew something was up, and I guess you could say that maybe factors into it. The Wilpons are getting what they deserve. I think they need to be sold. Away from the Will Ponds. I actually. agree with you on that. And then it happened a while yeah, maybe ago. Maybe James Dolan can buy them. <laughs> they deserve James Dolan. <laughs> or James Dolan deserves that. Yeah, he might. He might be hands off like he is with the Rangers. Yeah. How are you hands off until you then have a level of success, and then it's like, no, I'm gonna stay involved in this. Like, I don't get it. So. <laughs> Speaking of being involved, um, 2019 is also going to be a phenomenal free agency class. And by the looks of it, there's going to be a lot of big names uh, changing teams, uh, specifically Machado, um, because I know it's too early to say teams are going to be buyers and sellers at the deadline, but uh, pretty sure it's safe to say at this point, the 13-29 Baltimore Orioles are going to be sellers in the deadline. And Machado has in- doesn't seem like he's going to return to Baltimore. So... Where do you think Machado gets traded to if he gets traded? And do you think he re-signs with that team in the offseason? I think uh, the front of the program, Andrew Young, definitely believes that uh, the Cubs are a prime destination for him, not only for this year, but for extensions and moving forward. I got to be honest, I'd be surprised if he signed with anybody. Um, before, uh, before hitting free agency, because I, I just I don't see the value in, in, in anybody really signing before free agency unless you're really afraid of getting injured. Other than that, you might as well hit them. And uh, I, I think the one thing that could have hurt him, which was you know the same thing that hurt uh, Mustakis, you know my Greek brother, front uh, of the program was also the idea yeah. that front of the program oh, was are. the idea that you know you get the uh, the yeah we are true. <laughs> Uh, you get like you know the, the pick attached to you where people don't really want to you know give you a ton of, give out a ton of money and stuff like that. You know Machado if he gets traded midseason won't have that pick attached to him, so he'll pretty much be a, a you know legitimate free agent in this you know every sense of the term. So it's gonna be a feeding frenzy for a guy who's you know uh, prime years, uh, top flight talent at a position of you know need. He's got some versatility. You can sign him to play shortstop. You can sign him to play third base. So I think it's, it's to be in his best interest to not sign before the end of the season. You know who I wouldn't rule out uh, as a free agent signing for him is uh, Philadelphia. Um, oh. Clentac and company uh, were actually the guys who scouted him and were, were the ones who actually drafted him in Baltimore. I so he has ties to that organization. It would, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I could see that happening, you know, especially since they did sign Arietta. So, that, yeah, I mean, they're a nice player in there and uh, – 
Philly's uh, still close, and uh, they have a great fan base. So, I mean, I can see him going there for sure. Um, I know the Dodgers have been talking about the Cardinals. We've already mentioned the Yankees. Um, and I mentioned it with the Dodgers. Where, where is he going to play for the Dodgers? Are you going to play with second base? Or are you going to let Turner go? Why would you let Turner go? Because Machado's younger, I assume, How many years does uh, Turner have on his deal? Uh, let's find out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not sure. I, I don't think he's a free agent coming up, but he's been their best player for the last three, four years. Like, all right, even if he is, Machado is younger, like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really not a big fan of just, like, chasing the sexiest name really all the time either. Like, you know, he I know won't he, be a free agent until 2021. A lot. 2020. Yeah. Cool. Turner? All right. Yeah, yeah so I can't yeah. really see the value. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Machado myself, to be honest. I love his glove. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he's a really good player. I don't look at him in the, you know, kind of Mike Trout, Bryce Harper territory, not because he doesn't put them in the same position, obviously. But, I don't know, like, you know, even if you look at his numbers and stuff like that, like, you know, he's been banged up a little bit too or whatever the case is. But, you know, like, he's he hits for a good average, not a great average. Well, except for this year. I could be wrong with this. Yeah, yeah, well, except for this year. I know. But, I mean, this year, it's, it's six weeks in, you know, like, he's, whatever. Yeah, he's hustling. Um, but, like, I don't think he's ever driven in 100, 100 exactly. guys in a season. You know, like, and all right, a lot of that, I, I don't go crazy for that kind of stuff because, listen, you can't drive in runs that when people are on base. So, you know, that's a fair point, too, and stuff like that. But, you know, you figure at some point he would have done it. You know, he sure has uh, his it, last two years. He has he's driven right, right. in '96 and '95. Though he's hit 30 plus home runs uh, three straight years in a row. Right? No, no. Yeah, he's he's a good player. I'm, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from. Him. I just don't look as like a superstar. That, you know, you know, yeah, like a superstar. He's an all star. Yeah. Rock solid. And uh, I think that contributed to his uh, switch to shortstop because uh, of the the RBI numbers and the home run numbers uh, makes him more appealing as a shortstop than a third baseman. Yeah, well, I think everybody always knew he had a positional flexibility, was, but it definitely helps his stock to show that he can play. And he was a shortstop as a prospect as well. They converted him to third base on the yeah. major level. Another team I wouldn't – Because uh, who was there? JJ yeah, Hardy? Hardy was there. <laughs> yeah, Hardy. Um, was there. Hardy boys. Another team I wouldn't rule out to get him, though, too, uh, are the Rangers. Uh, Adrian Belcher is a 39-year-old free agent this offseason. They could be a team who's in play for him. Yeah, the Beltre's gonna play. He's a good talk. Team. He's a good talker for the Hall of Fame, right there, Beltre. Beltre's. Just, I love Adrian Beltre. I, I know Nick has some sore spots. He's got. He's got to be. He's got to be a lock for the Hall of Fame, no? I would. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. I think three thousand hits gets him in. Yeah, he was, he was, um, three thousand. Does Does he have it yet? Or yeah, he got. He, yet, right? No, I believe he got it. it. Oh, he got it. He got it before pools. Yeah, yeah, So. Yeah, and then. Yeah, and he's got the gold gloves, and nah, he's got. Yeah, he's just. Just don't touch the fucking guy's head, though. <laughs> Unless you're Elvis Andrews, then it's okay. Yeah. And, and don't tell him how to move the batting circles either. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, Beltre always remind me of him and Hanley Ramirez. I always thought were like the same guy. So, yo, Hanley Ramirez, somebody I made fun of the other day. He, yo, I, I think who was me? Yeah, Justin. Yo, yeah, like I, I, for some reason, every little every time, every time I see him, I make fun of him. He looks like such a sloppy mess. Like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, this guy played shortstop in the majors not that long ago. And he looks like like Pablo Sandoval Jr. now. Like, 
He just he doesn't even move. Like I remember there was one play he grounded out. He barely moved out of the box. Michael Kidd made fun of him. It was funny. I'm just like, <laughs> man, yo, yo, can we, can we have a little effort? Like <laughs> Nick, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of like six years ago now. The Phillies are playing the Reds and Cliff Lee's at bat and like lazily grounded out and Cliff Lee literally looked at the ball, just like did like a whatever, like tossed his hand over and walked away. <laughs> I actually remember that, but his was more like, "Yeah, I'm not here for this." Like, I, that's, that's not my that's not my job. My job is to get guys out, not to run down the hole. <laughs> Shit. I remember uh, Charlie Manuel used to make Cliff Lee their pinch runner too. He was fast. He had, he had some wheels for a uh, for a pitcher in his thirties. Yeah, well, yeah, he just didn't want to run the first base. Um, so another um, prospective third baseman who's going to be a free agent also, who's another name to watch is Josh Donaldson, um, who. Was the AL MVP in 2015. Um, currently made in the hot corner for the Blue Jays, who are 21, 22 and 21. Um, if the Blue Jays aren't in the race by you know the end of June, they could be trading him also. Uh, they have Guerrero, right? Black Guerrero Jr. is also waiting in the wings and is just tearing the minor leagues as well. Yep. Friend of the program, by the way. I have him on fantasy. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> But the issue, the difference though, between um, um, Machado and uh, Donaldson, though, is that Donaldson is also 32 years old now, um, and it, right now isn't playing as well as uh, he was in the past few years. So his stock is, you know, a little bit damaged as well at the point at this point. Yeah, his his, his is a weird story. Like I feel like his son rose in stats pretty quick, like on his kind of like. Prime. I, I'll be honest. Like, I take a shot on him depending on what I can pay him, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go too crazy on paying that guy too much money. Remember back in the day when he was a catcher? Yeah, well, I do. Yeah, that was weird. The Oakland A's. You can't. You gotta love them. Um, and then obviously the biggest name who I severely doubt would ever be traded in free agency, mainly because the team's being competitive right now, is twenty-five-year-old Bryce Harper. Um. Yeah, that guy's not getting yeah. traded. He's either re- he's either resigning in Washington or he's not. That's kind of it. You know, like that's one. You know, what's funny. One interesting theory I heard, which I, I don't actually see happening, but um, was that the Yankees would acquire uh, Stanton this offseason, and then next year would trade Stanton to L.A. where he would accept the deal because you know he's from the area and like that. And the Yankees would go out and sign uh, Harper. That could be a possibility if they I mean, win a championship. Uh, the Yankees. I, I mean, I, I, I suppose, uh, but I mean, my thing is, is that, you know, for you to do that, you know, you, you'd have to end up paying Harper probably, you'd probably be flirting with 40 million. I mean, for like 35, I guess. Yeah. And then right now we're paying, uh, Giancarlo. 26. I 26. I mean, it's a, that's a big gap. I mean, listen, Harper's a better player than him. So it's not, it's not a knock on but you know, but would you, is he a $10 million better player than him? I, don't I mean, think so. it's, you know, yeah. It's it's the, it's something to consider, you know. Like, yeah, well, it's it's an interesting, uh, you know, it'd be an interesting uh, topic to discuss. Um, Bryce Harper, you know, he brings the star power, which you know the Yankees love, and his his father is a big Nano fanatic, so it's like a perfect fit for him. But uh, I think Brian yeah. Cashman uh, has a idea what he wants to do and I think he wants to keep the, them around the 197 tax threshold I think that's a, a, a 
Well, yeah, well, that'd be the other thing. Yeah, exactly. So, because they are, unless you could find somebody to take Ellsbury. Yeah, they are going to have to pay a couple guys in the next uh, two years, you know. So, uh, speaking of the Nationals, they actually get hit pretty hard with free agency this year, too. I mean, Harper's going to be a free agent, Daniel Murphy's going to be a free agent, Matt Weeders, Gio Gonzalez, Ryan Madsen. Um, so this could this may be their last chance to really win a title because their core may get broken up this year. Yeah, I mean, I I could see that. I, I mean, Weeders was was kind of a, a bus signing, yeah, so whatever, yeah, a bus signing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I could see that. Although I, you know, if man, they they get, they gotta get out of the, the division, the, the what's it called the uh, the first the round, like yeah, yeah, like it's ridiculous already. Like, come on. Yeah, well, they they do have the best pitcher in baseball now. I would consider him Max Scherzer, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at the very least, he had an argument for it. Yeah. So I mean that I I don't see I see them getting out of the first round this year. This year's got to be the year, or else then they got to get rid of all those guys and they got to start over. You know if what the I mean? Capitals can get the championship series, so so can the Nationals. Hey, it might be a Philly and uh, uh, Washington D.C. year. You never know. Uh, don't even say that. I can't take <laughs> Philly getting close to another title. I just can't. <laughs> Like, I, I still understand how you, as a grown adult male, after seeing the Eagles win, eat a piece of horse shit. Like, I will never understand that logic. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, they don't even, yeah, they don't even so know hard. how to win the right way. Like, don't let them anywhere near another title. Just don't let it happen. Like, even when you win, you're still yeah, losing. exactly. Like, you just don't know what you're doing. Like, get out of there. <laughs> um, and to backtrack, I will say that Max Scherzer is the best pitcher in baseball who has heterochromia iridum. I mean, I don't know what that is. So I, I don't have to, have to, <laughs> to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, multicolored eyes. Oh, oh okay. Uh, yeah, it sounded like some kind of like deadly yeah, disease. Yeah, I'm, I was sure like, oh. I'm sure it's a Greek word, so I should. It's, I it's a heterochromia iridum. Green and blue eye? Is that what that is? It, one's brown, one's blue. One's brown, one's blue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, brown eye girl. <laughs> <laughs> um. Another free agent to watch, too. Another guy I don't see being traded. Uh, but another guy whose stock has also kind of taken a hit as well is Dallas Keuchel. Uh, pitcher for the Astros, won the Cy Young in 2015. Uh, 2018 hasn't really been uh, so nice to him this year. Uh, do you guys think he returns to Houston, or what do you think is going to happen to him? That bring, yeah, that brings uh, me I, to another topic with uh, Justin Verlander. But I think they re-sign him. But I uh, – um, He's he's gonna. I think he'll end up pitching better down the stretch for him. Yeah, I mean he's got a long track record. He's he's been a good pitcher for a while. Uh, I know he had a little bit of a down year. Uh, I don't think it was last year, the year before. So it seems like he's alternating years weirdly. Uh, but I mean he's you know listen he's still a pretty good player. He pitched a good length for them last year. I wouldn't you know I, if I'm them I'd like to keep him together because even if he's a little inconsistent you know you know he can pitch in big games and then you know you have Verlander who kind of sort of, you know, uh, seems to have found a uh, found a youth there. I kind of turned it around a little bit, you know. And, uh, you know, you have that. And then you also have um, uh, Cole, who's been fantastic, surprisingly, McCullers, right? Uh, for them. I'm sorry? Right. McCullers yeah. tossing 99 miles an hour out of the freaking – he's been great. He's the Yankee killer right there. And Charlie Morton's number five also. Yeah. Morton's going to be a free agent as well, but Morton has done very, very well for Houston since going there. Yeah, so I think maybe they might make a choice between the two. That's a possibility. 
Yeah, I would assume. I would assume goes Keiko, especially since Keiko's. Uh, he's gonna be thirty. Um, Warren's gonna be thirty-four. Yeah. So, so you you probably want to go younger, but uh, yeah, I guess it depends. Uh, you know, because uh, if if it's gonna be them and the Yankees for the next couple of years, you're gonna go with the guy who who's who's the better pitcher against the the team. I would imagine, but. Baseball is a weird sport like that. You never know. So um, I think that was talking baseball. Uh, before we get into our segments, we have uh, a couple of questions from the audience. Uh, friend of the program, Tim McGrath, asks, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Uh, Matt, what do you think? Um, I'm 100% fighting the duck-sized horses. Because anything, anything horse-sized, I really don't want to deal with. But the horses, of, I mean, the ducks, uh, wow, I'm talking backwards. The horse, the duck-sized horses. <laughs> I think I can just kind of stomp out pretty easily. So that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. I'm going to go for the, the, horse, the horse-sized ducks. How are you going to fight? Sorry. <laughs> Because off. I'm assuming his bones are still going to be hollow like a duck's are, and he's not going to have like the muscle mass a horse has. He's going to have the typical like duck build, and I, I can take that on. I'm not afraid of that. Listen, I got to be honest. I'm thinking about it right now, and I was going to go with the little ones because I figured that's a little easier to categorize. I was going go with the little ones, but then I was thinking, what kind of lateral move exactly? Would a giant fucking. It's a good point. That is. No, that thing can't move left or right. Yo, if I can get to, if I can get to left or right and maybe like take out one of its legs or something like that. <laughs> That's a very good right. question. If we yes. get weapons, it's a different story. All right, so all right, let's say even if you don't though, like let's say you can get to you know get to one of its its sides, you know you can't really rotate around. If you could just try to like you know drop kick its <laughs> leg and maybe take out one of its legs, you're good. You know, like but you only got to worry about one of them as opposed to little. I never trust animals that big. <laughs> Uh, by the way, by yeah, the way, the uh, the Brooklyn Beat podcast is sponsored by PETA. So shout out to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but not hold on, but not the animal. That's what I was thinking. Uh, like I was going right. for a gyro. Did I say that right, Nick? Yeah, yeah. gyro. <laughs> gyro. <laughs> so all right, so all right about that. The way it's pronounced in yeah. Greek is gyro, which is the way you said it, which is correct. The way people which in America announce it is gyro. It. I'm generally pretty fine with both. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Gyro, but uh, and, uh, that Gyro, was great yeah. talk with Nick. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Um, second question of the day comes from friend of the program, Justin Feinberg, who was on our NFL Draft Live podcast. Are the uh, Vegas Golden Knights the most impressive first-year team in any sport? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Anybody disagree? No, I'm going to agree with you 100%. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really get the question. He, he, first of all, he answered the question, and I told him we're not going to take it. Because I think it was written. Question. It's not going to blow. I mean, like, by the way, at this point, it's not even disputable. Like, they're, they're, they're what are they, two games away from going to the finals? Which, yeah, it would be incredible. That's, that's crazy, man. That's, that's crazy. I, like, that's, you know who their biggest fan is, right? The Oakland Raiders? Uh, Phoenix Marie. Uh, Bryce Harper. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I didn't hear what you said. Uh, you Bryce say? Harper. I, that, 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 I know that, exactly. She's a good friend. Right. She's a good friend. I'm out of the loop on this one. <laughs> we'll talk to you about it later. <laughs> Um, the either MLB or uh, NHL's Instagram account shared like a ton of 
fucking screen grabs of Bryce Harper with him talking about how great the Vegas Golden Knights are and how, like, he really loves hockey now. Oh, that's right. He's from there. Yep. So he's a Sounds so. Great follow on Twitter, though, is the MLB Cathedral. What's that? It's, uh, they, uh, they post pictures of all the old time ballparks and stuff like that. That's a good follow on Twitter right there. You know, that's pretty um, cool. Yeah, I got some other, I got some other good follows if you need, uh, Phoenix Reese, <laughs> one of them. Um, you know what? MLB actually put on Instagram uh, the other day that I thought was really cool. They outlined, um, how the wall designs of every ballpark is on top of each other. So kind of layered like all 30, 30 of them at the end to show you the different dynamics of each ballpark. And like where all the like little notches are on the walls and everything else, where like the little gaps in the alleyways are, it was a uh, it was a it was a fun watch. Bad, bad podcast, cool. but you know it was it was there, and yeah, I want to share it with you guys. So you know, yeah. deal with it. Yeah. Go 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 follow MLB on Instagram. You can find it. It's funny. All right, um, let's, funny get <laughs> <laughs> let's get into some segments. Let's get into some segments. So we agreed that our first segment of the night was going to be Grind My Gears, which is um, taken from front of the program, Peter Griffin. And this is going to be our chance to rant about something that really grinds our gears. So what really grinds my gears are um, online convenience fees for buying concert tickets. Um, so one of my favorite bands ever is this band called Jawbreaker, who have been broken up since like the mid-90s. And it's been like one of my bucket list bands to see. And... They announced a show in Asbury Park that I wanted to go to, and the tickets were like fifty-seven dollars, um, which is which is a reasonable price. It's a little on the high end, but I can deal with that. So I got to buy them, and then all of a sudden, by virtue of online convenience fees, there's another eighteen dollars per ticket charged to it. So instead of paying fifty-seven, it's seventy-five dollars. I actually have a pretty good solution to that if you're interested. Go go there in person and pick them up? Well, I was going to say, I live like five minutes from Asbury Park, so if you want to Venmo me, I can do that. You know, it's actually really funny. Front of the program, Sarah Scott recommended the same thing because she lives around the corner from there. Um, yeah, but I, I just... There too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they would only give you the... Um, they would only waive the online fee for one of the tickets, not both of them, which I think is ridiculous, That's too. stupid. That's... Why yeah. I, what am I paying... What convenience... I'm inconvenienced myself <laughs> to avoid the convenience yeah. fee. What am I paying for this for? <laughs> And on top of that, Ticketmaster got sued for this. How are they still charging this crap? Yeah, because that's outrageous. I like... actually have a different solution. Uh, if you don't go to a concert, you don't pay for any of the fees. <laughs> well, you know, you actually want to know what my real solution is. It's on the, um, the Stone Pony Summer Stage, which is going to be outdoors. So I'm literally going to hang outside the gates and watch them play. No, don't even do that. Go to, uh, what is it? There's another bar right next to there that's like a rooftop Wonder bar. Wonder Bar? Not Wonder Bar. Um, oh, I can never think of the name of it. It's. It, I could show you it though. It's. It's a rooftop bar. You can literally see the summer stage up there. You just pay like you know twenty bucks a drink, but it's worth it. Is it that like wedding venue or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't think of. You know, it's funny. I saw. Um, I saw Skate and Surf there a couple years ago, and people were actually getting married and watching uh, Surf and Survive <laughs> play in the middle of their fucking ceremony. <laughs> that's kind of amazing. Yeah, that's kind of one. So. Uh, I've been to, I've been to one concert in my entire life. It was a lady guy. Not bad. Was it the um, the Fame Monster tour? Uh, yeah, it was at the Garden where everybody dressed like maniacs. <laughs> I've been to <laughs> Comic Con tours, so yeah. So Nick, what really grinds your gears? I'll tell you one thing that I I heard. I think it was Coward who said it. Colin Coward. Uh, said something the other day that kind of like annoyed me because it's ridiculous, but I can see the accuracy in it. 
And I was, uh, he said that it was, it's better for LeBron, you know, the Cavs currently right now down 2-0 in the series. And it says, uh, you know, he said that it's better for LeBron's legacy. And I think that's, it's true because of the way people uh, look at things nowadays, but it's ridiculous that it is true. Like, it's crazy that we live in a society now where not getting to the last round is better than getting there and losing. Like, because I'm going to be honest with you, whether the Cavs win the series or not, they're not winning the finals. That, that team is not beating the Warriors. And there's probably no team that is going to beat the Warriors. I think um, I'm obviously saying that the Warriors need to pass the Rockets, which else is going to happen. But, like, to me, I see it, and it's like having LeBron go there and average literally, like, 38, 14, and 11, and watching him shoot 56 from the field, and you're going to turn around and blame him. When, like, you watch the, the, the Celtics games, this guy's taking wide-open threes on every play. Well, why is like, LeBron defending them? I don't understand. You, yeah, why is LeBron defending all five of them? He, like, he literally needs to be Bugs Bunny when he plays baseball and plays all nine positions. Or he Look, the, the way I see that's, it is that, that if he's really the greatest player of all time, he should be able to defend all five guys in the court simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, exactly. Jordan, Jordan, and Jordan wouldn't complain about either. Johnny Jordan would have done it. Yeah, if he cared about it, he would have done Nobody. <laughs> yeah, uh, George, what really grinds your gears? Mine's a more recent one. It's um, with the, the Supreme Court decision to legalize gambling uh, across all sports. It's the states and or the leagues trying to, you know, having their hands out and then um, thinking that, you know, in Vegas, the sports book. Uh, did George fall out? Uh, George, Looks yeah, like we Wilson. lost George. I'm going to try and re-add him, but while I'm doing that, Matt, what really grinds your gears? Did we lose Matt, too? No, Matt's connected. Well, he was talking, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he is still connected. All right, you are now listening to the Brooklyn B podcast with Justin and Nick. <laughs> Just like it's just like it always gets back to some point. <laughs> just just like old times. Um, neither one of them are talking either, and I have to I have to end the call to re-add them. Yeah. So sorry, guys, we're having a little technical difficulties tonight. It's just it's, you know it's a growing it's a growing problem. I think uh, I think George is probably still talking. Uh, isn't he always? He's always talking. Sometimes I'm not sure if anybody's listening. Classic George. Uh, what was what were we up to? Uh, Grind my gears, right? Um, yeah, we are. But Matt can hear us, but he can't. He can He can't say anything. Same thing happened to you. Wait. Yeah, I don't. Matt, know. Is that back, you? guys. Yeah. Oh, George is back. Okay. Can you hear me? George is back. Okay. Yeah, but the issue now is that yeah, we, we can't hear, hear Matt though. <laughs> All right. George, really uh, tell us what really grinds your gears, and then we're going to uh, take another break and put Matt back in, okay? Yeah, all right. Uh, all right, so my my big issue is uh, with the legalization of sports gambling with the recent decision by the Supreme Court, um, you know, all the leagues coming out, except for maybe like the NBA and maybe the NCAA, uh, saying that they're against it, but once the money starts rolling in, they want to have their hand out. They're going to want a piece of the pie. Um, and then the states 
doing the same thing. You know, I heard some things like some states, West Virginia is going to want to have about uh, like a, like 50%, you know, they want like 50% of the revenue, which 52% to be exact. 52%. All right. So if they, if they want to compete with Vegas, they got to install the Vegas model, much like New Jersey's going to do. You got to get in there. You got to be set up and, you, you, you got to let the people bet because you're only, you know, a good year is about 5% on your money. And uh, in Vegas, that's not the main money maker, but it helps. And uh, I see that a lot of these states are going to see it as a way to fix their problems. And it, it's going to turn into um, ruining it for the everyday, the everyday Joe, you know what I mean? Well, I'm sure, I'm sure Nick can attest to this also, but I'm pretty sure the margin that Vegas actually makes on sports betting is only like 5%. It's not even that big of a margin to begin with. Yeah, I mean, there. so uh, Justin's kind of uh, not really familiar with it. So, I, you know, we have conversations about it and stuff. And basically what happens is, uh, you know, Georgia, you know how it works. But, you know, when you get these, these minus 110 lines, you know, a lot – the primary, you know, bets – in Vegas are generally spread bets, you know, so uh, you're working off of, you know, the minus 110 line. And the idea of what Vegas generally tries to do is they try to get as many people splitting it down the middle as possible, because when you do that, you'll get the minus 110 that, you know, the 10 is the juice, the 10 is what the the house takes. And that's really all they look at. So basically, if you have both sides risking 550 to win 500, and you have that multiplied by, you know, 5 million people on both sides, you're going to make the extra 50 that, that you're going to have to risk to make it. So the margins for Vegas isn't, isn't huge. It's a big business, obviously, because gambling's a big business. But, you know, uh, sometimes they get lucky and they get a lot of action on one side. And, you know, they make their money if it hits the right way. If yeah, it's well, the wrong way, yeah. you know, they I heard a number like $250 million last year is what they ended up making. Uh, one of the casinos. Yeah, that's really not that much when you really think about how much. Yeah, well, you know, the casino, you know, exactly. You know, it's yeah. funny too. Is I heard um, one of their busiest windows they have is actually on the border of Utah for sports betting. I heard it's literally, too. it's literally Utes who cross the um, to cross the border to make their sports bets because they can't do it in Utah. And Utah itself probably won't allow gambling in that state anyway, no matter even with the new laws being passed. Yep. Well, that's the Mormons right there. It's All right. Um, we are going to take a break real quick, and we'll be right back, guys. This is the Brooklyn Beat Podcast. Hello. Hey, Matt's finally back. All right, all right. Matt, we are uh, – Nick is in. We're all back here. Matt, what really grinds your gears? Uh, personal point of contention. You know, uh, today I go to the gym. I'm wearing a Superman shirt. And this comes up for me every once in a while as a, uh, a large black man who wears superhero shirts all the time. <laughs> People love to remind me that if I'm wearing Batman or Superman, that they're white. They're like, oh, you know, you know, Batman's white. I'm like, oh, no, no shit. He's also fictional. But, like, I guarantee <laughs> you're at a sports game. And, you know, if you're a LeBron fan, I guarantee you're wearing a LeBron jersey. If you're a Giants fan, you're wearing a Beckham jersey. Like, you mean to tell me that I can't wear a fictional white guy shirt, but you can wear, you know, uh, an actual <laughs> black, an actual black I got to be honest, that, that's one of the craziest things I've never heard Oh, dude, it's, it's so that's, ridiculous. That's actually insane. Oh, Dell Beckham <laughs> Jr. could be a fictional character. 
by the way. <laughs> I mean, I think he's a borderline superhero. I think what they're trying to tell you, Matt, is that you're limited to wearing only Black Panther or Green Lantern garb, or maybe Storm if you want to. No, 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 you can wear Martian Manhunter. What about uh, Martian Manhunter? Yeah, uh, Shabam or whatever. Uh, Yeah, what what is it? Yeah, Shabam, right? Uh, Shazam, Shazam. There, jeez, man. Well, there's there's Black Adam is his his rival, but he's Egyptian, and then there's also uh, who else we have there? Is Black Lightning. <laughs> By the way, what's black with all the comic, what's with all the black comic ter- characters being black? Whatever. Uh, well, all in the, the 60s. 60s. Yeah, it's it's pseudo racism. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's some oh cyborg. Yeah. yeah oh, very kind of lame. Like oh, yeah, I'm I'm half robot. These are my yeah. superpowers. Half robot. I got no deck. Yeah, he's interracial. Like, he's black and robot. <laughs> <laughs> He's, that's gonna be the next genre. I was gonna say, wait for that to come out board. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, I think it's safe to say that we are currently going to advocate that if you're a white person, you're only allowed to wear the the football jerseys of quarterbacks, kickers, or offensive linemen. Then, correct, Matt? And yo, Punter like jerseys are going to be selling like hotcakes or... this year. <laughs> <laughs> Punter jerseys, except for uh, Marquette King, yeah. are going to be selling like hotcakes. Yeah, Actually, true did Marquette King get signed yet? Yeah, by the Broncos. Yeah, he went to the Broncos. Like three days later, he got signed quickly. (laughs) And you know that he's given all the Raider secrets to John Elway. I think John Gruden believes in that theory, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Which theory? Oh, yeah, you should have that. He says, says, listen, I'm going to have to let you go. He's like, really? Why? Was it not good? No, no, you were good, but you were playing a white man. Yeah. <laughs> but you're wide receiver running. You're back too fast and too athletic for this. Yeah. Go play wide receiver somewhere. So do you think that do you think that John Elway signed Marquette Kane because they saw him do that like pony riding dance and decided that could be me? Find <laughs> me like a pony. You know, I think I think there is a lot for signing a uh, a division rival though. You know what I mean? Like you get you get it uh you know, you get a guy at a discount usually, and someone's going to play hard against one of your worst. Uh, yeah, again, you're one of your worst division teams. Although I'm super against it for the Giants with Des Bryant. You know, it's funny. I was about to, I was waiting for you to say, it, and it's funny because it's like, you know what? That theory doesn't really work because I'm pretty sure Des Bryant didn't know the Cowboys playbook anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. You're not going to help us. You couldn't even read the playbook. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be Jeff George who knew the plays and just chose not to run them. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, on to our next segment, which is Florida Man, which is literally going to be me finding news headlines with the words Florida Man in it and reading them for the hilarious reactions. I don't know what, what's in the water in Florida, but the fucking people there are crazy. Mostly alligators. <laughs> it's pythons. It's crocodiles. So, it's even worse. <laughs> um. First headline I found is exploding vape pen kills Florida man. <laughs> That's the, that, that was the first death in America, right? Of uh, vape pens. We get it. You vape. Yeah. I mean, right. this, like you don't have to die about it. It was yeah. totally ironic. Yeah. I mean, this this brings me back to that uh, that Cat Williams uh, stand up a few years ago. Like, what's this called? Death. Oh, so if I smoke this shit, I'm gonna die. <laughs> 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 Um, our before second headline. George, what was that? I said before, Cat Williams went all crazy. <laughs> Fighting seventh graders. Yeah. <laughs> That's another one. He was in. Uh, I think he was in the first episode of uh, Atlanta this year too. Was he? Yeah, I think he was. Uh, the the season, you know, the first the first episode of the season. Is That's that a good sh- show, by the way. Yeah. Is that the show with uh, with Lena Dunham, or is that the one with uh, Charles Gambino? Yo. Yeah, I, I can see how you cross them. 
Hey, no, no, seriously, that's that's you know, unless he's rapping and shooting people. I thought well, I, I thought this was I'm sorry, I thought this topic was Florida man, not Florida manatee, because that's what Lena oh. Dunham did. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yo, know, honestly, she's just like I'm not I'm not for being mean to people just for no reason, but she's like you're just the worst type of person. Like, <laughs> like literally, like I always think about Stewie saying that. Like, that's literally what she is to me. You're just like you're everything that's wrong with like everything. Not yeah, exactly. You're everything that's wrong with everything. Like, there's there's no scenario where you're like you're not liked by the left. You're not liked by the right. You're not liked by the middle. Like, you're just the worst. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say that we are a uh, an anti Lena Dunham podcast. Definitely an anti. Yeah. Remember when you got mad at uh, Odell Beckham Jr. for I don't know what was it, not getting out or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, yo, get out of here! Kidding yo. me? Like, what are you? Kidding yeah, me? Like, like, look at you! Come on! Like, no, I, I remember I, when I was with my ex, man. She used to watch those. Look at the show, girls. It's so good. I'm like, why is there a fucking naked sea creature on the television right now? Like, yeah, Ellen, yeah. if anyone's hey, naked, there? Brian Williams' daughter. Well, <laughs> uh, I've actually seen like she, my fiance watches it too, and sometimes she'll have it on, and I'm like. Yo, what's happening here? Why is <laughs> yeah, like, what, why isn't she, why isn't there more clothes on her? Chick yeah. <laughs> on there anyway. Uh, George, I think you were talking about um, I feel pretty that new Amy Schumer movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, our our next headline uh, report. This is from ActionNewsJax.com. Florida man reports his illegal gun stolen is jailed. <laughs> so apparently he got um he got. He was jailed. He reported his gun missing, um, which is an illegal gun anyway. So why would you even say anything? I kind of think you kind of wash your hands and you know, forget it at that point. Yeah, I don't. Go. I mean, I, I don't like. I don't own guns, legal or illegal. But like, if I illegally bought something, I definitely wouldn't tell the police. Hey, someone stole this thing that I shouldn't have fucking had. <laughs> this is the craziest part. His fucking son stole it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's so Florida. Yes. He was a uh, convicted felon who is not allowed to own a rifle. Um, <laughs> of course he's and, a then, and then his son said that uh, when the cops questioned him, said that his dad was lying, was trying to have him falsely arrested. And then uh, when the cops went back to the guy, I was like, you're a convict. You can't have this gun. He, he tried then to then say that he didn't actually possess the gun. <laughs> that's a good defense. <laughs> that's a, the best that. defense possible. I don't know how he didn't get off for that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, officer. I didn't know I couldn't do that. Didn't know that was good, wasn't it? Because I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> Wait a minute, I went to jail. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so right. watching Oz for four seasons, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, and uh, on to our third segment. This is gonna be called Hot Take, Cold Take. So this is um. We're, we're members of a lot of different groups on Facebook for the most part. And the one thing I've noticed when you're in a group with a lot of people in it is that the more members there are in there, oh my God. the dumber or worse <laughs> takes people have. So <laughs> yes, I'm going to start this off. Um, some guy in one of our groups, Lombardi Draft Talk, shout out to you guys who are listening, uh, friends of the program. Um, some of them. Some of them, not all. So the ones who blocked us are not friends of the program. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, some guy tried to say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should sign Terrell Owens, who has not played a regular season snap for the NFL since 2010, to play safety, a position he's never even played before. 
2010 is actually more recent than I thought, to be 100% honest. I thought it was 2011. He was on the Seahawks offseason roster in 2012, but didn't make the team. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought was 2012. But, yeah, 2010 is the actual last time he played? Damn. Yeah, with the uh, with the Bengals before he uh, tore his ACL. Oh, that's right. When he was uh, like Batman he, and Robin with Ocho Cinco. Yeah. <laughs> well, you heard him bitch about the Hall of Fame for three years, so I guess it makes sense. No, no, no. I mean, he listen, he belonged the whole thing. I, like, no, I, I agree with you on that. I 100% agree with you. Like, I, I'm, 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 never I'm really not first big time. on keeping – I'm not big on keeping guys out of the whole thing because you don't like them as part. Unless they did something really, really, like, awful, like, you know, like, killed somebody or something like that. Like, keeping T.O. out because he was, like, a shitty teammate is, like – you know, I honestly I, – I, I, I didn't like T.O. You know, I wasn't a big fan of him personally, but – that guy's a Hall of Fame football player. There's no, no, there's no scenario where he wasn't a Hall of Fame football player belongs in the Hall of Fame. So, like, saying, like, oh, wait a year. Like, I hate that bullshit. Like, yo, just put him in the Hall yeah, of like Fame. Yeah, like, what's the, what's the point of waiting a year? Yeah. Like, what you know you're going to put him in. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, there's no point in waiting a year. Well, you're just, you're, honestly, you're just taking that spot away from somebody else and saying, wait a year. That's like, you know, it's, it's pointless. Yeah. When, uh, when he didn't get in last year, um, somebody who wrote for the Boston Globe wrote this whole, like, diatribe about how these other receivers aren't in the Hall of Fame yet, and they deserve to get in over Terrell Owens. And they're, like, guys who played, like, end or, like, whatever else from, like, the 50s or the 40s or 60s. Like, first of all, those guys are not better than Terrell Owens is now. And all those accolades you're pumping up about those guys when they retired, like, were broken, like, a year or two later by actual better receivers. Well, yeah, Terrell Owens played better with a broken leg than those guys ever played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, at the end of the day, um, the biggest issue with the NFL – and Honestly, this is why I like their Hall of Fame, is that their Hall of Fame is really, really hard to get into. Only five guys can get in every year, and it creates a backlog. And when you create that kind of backlog, you really have to sit there and reflect, do these guys really deserve to get in there? Because by the time, for some of these guys, um, after some time passes, other guys are going to retire and be up against them for the Hall of Fame ballot. And it hurts even more if they're not as good as, as those guys when it comes to getting to the Hall of Fame. But... I think Owens, we all knew, was going to get in at some point. I think he was blocked by, um, I think Marvin Harrison trying to get in, get in there first, if I remember correctly, right, Nick? Uh, I think so. That sounds that sounds about right. And Marvin Harrison is definitely a worse person than T.O. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah I'd, I'd probably guess that. But you know what's funny, though? Marvin Harrison did a better job of covering it up than T.O. did. <laughs> Just, and, and that's what got him in the hole. For yeah, so, exactly. my, uh, so my cold take, and our cold takes are going to be basically – Really, really awful things that journalists have said over the, uh, over the years that have come back to bite them in the ass. Um, so this is from June 27, 2013, and it starts with, uh, on Twitter, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, announced the, uh, the Celtics trade with the Nets that involved uh, Kevin Garnett, um, Paul Pierce, going to Brooklyn, and Bill Simmons replied, that rumored Celtics-Nets trade is so bad for Boston that Doc Rivers just quit on the Celtics again. <laughs> and I, th- I think I think we all know today that's probably the most lopsided trade in NBA history. Wow, that one's bad. Yeah, I, I just lost. you know he's Simmons, the kind of guy who's kind of like uh, you know like like just right on like right on top of it, like automatic reaction, automatic this and automatic that. Like, and my thing was like I, I even said it then. Like what are what is what are the Nets competing for? Like you, that team wasn't good enough to, to beat the, the Heat. I, I day one that team that wasn't team wasn't good enough to beat the Heat. So like what did you do? You just salvage any chance of a future whatsoever 
You know, you gave away, and the problem is, is that the picks they gave away weren't the picks they were going to be picking with with that team. It was the picks they were going to be picking with when that team was gone, yeah. which was going to be bad. Like you knew it was going to be bad because they were paying so many so many guys at that time that like they were literally going for it like year one. That was it. Like it was year one. I think they played was it two seasons or one season together? They had two seasons together. It was like a year yeah, and a half. Two seasons together. It was like, like a year and a half. And and the, I think the first pick they gave up was the following year, and then after that you have to skip years. So you were literally giving up. What could be top five picks? I mean, they, they ended up having what one top five pick. And not even that. Even last year, they, they um, the Celtics only rate the swap picks. They, they, they get the first overall pick because they had the ability to swap selections with the Nets. Jeez. Yeah, that yep. was yeah, that was a tough one. They really fleeced the 76ers, man. <laughs> oh, that's one one with the t- trader. Yeah, it was false. That was another one. Um, Matt, what's your um hot take, cold take? Um, give me one second here. Hot take, I'm going with um, Hard Knocks is going to be good for the Browns. I actually don't completely disagree with that. I think they have nowhere to go but up. Like, they might actually gain a few fans from this. I think they're going to have a really <sighs> dynamic team. I don't know if that means they'll be necessarily good, but like, they've got a lot of good players. They've got like a lot of, a lot of talent on that roster, and I'm kind of excited to see what they do with it. So seeing it from the background might make me a little bit interested. I might root for them a little bit more. It might give them a little bit of push to actually, you know, achieve something this year. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I feel like the only people who are Browns fans are people who are actually from Cleveland and sadists. Well, (laughs) I was shocked. Taylor made for hard knocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know it's fine. I was that's what I was thinking too. That's a really good personality they have on Hard Knocks because I'm really curious if they're gonna catch uh, him being chased by the cops on camera, or <laughs> if uh, they, you know, they're just gonna see him being arrested. Stock footage from cops. Stock footage. Are you kidding me? Where I love crossover episodes. Uh, I was your... shocked. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say one one quick final thing to close out. I was shocked. I went to a Giants Browns game. A few years ago, and there was a shocking number of Browns jerseys. Wait, wait, wait. you went to the the last one at, at the stadium? What was that like? 2013. That was, two, that was uh, Trevor Richardson's rookie year. Yeah. So 2012. Yeah. 2012. 2012. You were at that game. I was at that game too. Oh no way! I've, how have yeah. I only seen you at one game? What is this? Uh, I know, right? That's crazy. Uh, well, that, I went to that game with uh, with Feinberg, Feinberg, and uh, and Ziggy actually. Oh, how about that? All yeah. right, now we have time. I, you know, I, honestly, I think I didn't see you because I already had my uh, my token black friend. And I didn't want to overfill the quarter. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, you don't want to double off. You know? <laughs> I was probably wearing a Batman shirt anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Matt, what's your uh, what's your cold take? Cold take is uh, a few years back when he got drafted. Uh, our our president Donald Trump said that AJ McCarron was going to be a great uh, player for the Bengals because all he did was win. And <laughs> come on, <laughs> that's Trump for Yeah, a guy, a guy can beat out freaking uh <laughs> the red rifle. The red rifle. Yeah, I can't even. I'm just thinking oh, about it. Like, why would you? Like, what? I mean, outside of maybe uh, guy, I, I can't even really think of a good one. What's the last good quarterback to come out of Alabama? Joe Namath. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. So since the moon landing, <laughs> like, yeah, basically. And you know, it's funny he wasn't even that good. <laughs> yeah, no, he was. He got. He was good that first half of that game. Second half, he just handed the ball off for the Super Bowl. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he's good or not. That's <laughs> uh, what they rest on. <laughs> for the record, we are a, uh, an anti Joe Namath podcast. I think that's safe to say, right, guys? Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty safe to say. And not just because it's a Jet at all. People 
this. They're like, oh, is it just... No. It's like, can it's I kiss you? Can I... <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's a mess. <laughs> uh, George, what's your hot take, cold take? My hot take comes from none other than uh, ESPN-owned Stu Gatz, which I heard today. And he said he's going... This is goes with Nick's uh, point earlier with grinding his gears about uh, LeBron uh, being better off losing in the conference finals than the finals. But this is that LeBron didn't play, give 100% in a 40-point triple-double no. uh, because of a few um, defensive plays that, you know, he takes off. And uh, I just find that absolutely ridiculous because – you know, they say, oh, he could go do that every night. And uh, I just thought that was absolutely. Crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I always say this because people always tell me like things like, oh, LeBron quit. I'm like, you know, if this guy quit and he's putting up 42, 13, and 10, like, how much, like, that, that's quitting. That's what, that, tell you something. That's not what quitting looks like. Quitting looks like, like, was it James Harden last year where he literally just, he went, Stop he looked point. like, he looked yes. like he got the bad side of Thanos. In the movie, like literally just vanished. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, and LeBron's getting the label of quitting because, like, what he, he didn't play defense on three plays. This his entire team doesn't play defense the entire game. He didn't play defense yeah. on three plays and yelling at him, like, oh, yeah, no. But, guys, I'm, I'm gonna be real with you here. Um, I, I kind of gotta agree with this. He could do that every night, as a matter of fact, all of us could do that every night. And then we could turn off 2K and go to bed. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's exactly. Really like third thing to say that not give me 100. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I had somebody. Yeah. You know what's funny? I actually had somebody else tell me this the other day. Actually, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry. I'll let you guys finish. I'll do my hot take. George, what's your uh, cold take? Well, my cold take's a little more recent, but it goes back to last year. It's um, trading Kyrie for Kawhi because of how Terry Rozier is playing in these playoffs. And I think that if they, if those fans are dumb enough to not learn, you know, to see what happened to it after he left that, uh, then you, um, you know, you deserve what you get right there because Rozier is a nice six man, but he is no Kyrie Irving. And you also get Gordon Hayward back, by the way. So it's like a brand new team, anyway. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's be real. Kyrie's handles are so good, though, because he's bouncing off a completely flat surface. You know, there's <laughs> no way he's able to. Everybody else playing a round one, and he's playing yeah, a flat one. It's, it's science. He's like, you guys are stupid. He's like, you sit here, you imagine here, it's flat. It's flat. <laughs> you can put the ball anywhere you want. <laughs> uh, Nick, what's your hot take? Hot take. I actually had a good one the other day, so uh, I got into uh, I'll say a disagreement. You got into it. Yeah, we got into it with somebody uh, the other day, and um, all right, I think I'm you're back, George. Okay, yeah, I got it. I got into it with somebody the other day. Yeah, good. I don't know what else happened. What's that? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, he's good. All right, all right, Nick. Uh, I got into an argument the other day with somebody who told me that uh, Jordan was a better athlete than LeBron. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and my hang up on that was, you know, uh, I, all right. Here's my thing: I, like Jordan worshippers are just they're nuts. But uh, like in general, like they just start fabricating like things. Like they make this. Jordan was 
awesome, awesome player. Like, I never take anything away from him. But the guy that he's become over the last 20 years, despite never having – never taken a jump shot in an NBA game again, he literally got better by not playing for 20 years. And it's the most amazing thing in the world to me because he went from being the best player ever to literally the greatest human to ever, like, live. <laughs> like, he never missed a jump shot. He never you – know, he never lost a basketball game to anybody ever. Like, it's just so crazy to me. And, like, this one was crazy because – one of, the, one of the things I've always heard about LeBron versus Jordan is that Jordan was a better player because he was more skilled. He was, you know, he was, he was more uh, fundamentally sound, which, you know, there's an argument for that regardless. But then you have LeBron, and everybody says, oh, LeBron's just good because he's big and strong and athletic. And I have this guy telling me that he's like, oh, yeah, Jordan, uh, LeBron isn't more athletic than Jordan. I'm like, you know, have you watched LeBron James play basketball? Like, Absolutely. I, I, I go, go, go look up the sports science of, of the block yep. that he had, where he literally, he closes, <laughs> like, 28 feet in, like, six paces. No, and he, yes. like, 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 I think they said that he had less, there was less time to pop a court than he did to time the block perfectly, and he was able to do it. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know how many humans on Earth have been able to do that in history? Yeah, he, Honestly, he fucking teleported. It's defensive play <laughs> in the finals history right there. Yeah. yeah oh is. man, that was one of the best things I've ever watched in my entire life. He yes, folded time and space. Like he didn't jump. He folded time and space and I, just I, teleported right honest, to where that yeah, ball. Yeah, like oh. the, Irv- the Irving three was huge. I was still in shock from the three after the, the like from the from the block when the three went down. I like I was oh, still yeah. talking, like I was still like like yo did that play really just happen? And then you see the sports science on it, which is insane. I don't know if anybody's if anybody's had no, it. I'm gonna watch it. Make sure to go see it. It's because it is incredible. Like, this guy's running at yeah, this guy's six foot eight, two hundred and forty, two hundred fifty pounds, and he's running at like twenty three and a half miles an hour on like literally turns on the dime to do it, and it's just it's like the physics of it make like they just make no sense. It's not even human, like and and you know what's funny like that's what's one of my hot takes. The other one was actually sort of kind of an anti LeBron one. I got into it with somebody else the other day who told me that the two thousand eleven two thousand twelve Heat would have uh, either beat or swept. This year's Warriors, and to me, that's that's crazy because this year's Warriors and last year's team, just in general, is just fantastic. Like, as as good as LeBron is, that team is better. That team should never have happened. Uh, no, it should. Like, that should. It should never have happened. It ruined basketball. Heat team could have taken them to a game seven. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I I I don't know that because you know what that that team. You look back on it, and I think to myself like Wade was. Hit or miss. Like, he had good games, and he rotated them with bad games. And Bosch was kind of injured that year, too, and stuff like that. And that bench was so, so – it's really not a knock on them because they were a good enough team to win the championship that year, so I'm not taking anything away from them. And they beat Durant. But yeah. they, they beat Durant with, you know, Harden, who also pulled a disappearing act that, that finals, too. And Westbrook well, had really one big game, you know. Like, yeah. But they were young, you know. Like, this team, this Warriors team – is old enough, they're, they're, they're mature enough, they're good enough, they share the ball. What makes them good isn't just that they're talented individually. It's that none of them are selfish enough to try to take over a game. They're, they're, they're just there to win games. Like, it doesn't matter how, they're there to win games, and that's it. And that's what makes them so hard. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think sometimes uh, Draymond Green is selfish, but uh, that, that's just uh, how he plays, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think he's selfish on a, like, on a personal level, but I don't, I don't think he's selfish in the sense of, like, he doesn't try to hide shots. He doesn't yeah. try to, you know, like, so even his selfishness doesn't, I feel like doesn't hurt the team that much, unless he's getting he's getting a little wild, getting texts or kicking, uh, what's his name, Aquaman in the Bulls. Yeah, well, 
I think that the team that you th- would compare what that LeBron was on was the team that beat the Spurs would be the better team to go against this one. Uh, maybe. You know what's funny? The, the two best teams I think LeBron lost to were the team that – the Spurs team that LeBron lost to and the Warriors teams. Like, yes. The, like, that Spurs team too. And that Spurs team played the best, like, team basketball I remember I'd ever seen up until the Warriors now. Uh, because, like, they weren't a loaded, loaded team, like, in the sense of, like, they weren't loaded with talent. Like, they had guys on the downside of their careers and this and that and stuff like that. But, man, they just played great basketball together. It was, it's fun to watch, you know? Yeah, it, so, sure, um, it sure is. Nick, what's your uh, cold take? Oh, my cold take was uh, – it's actually a really good one. So, I, I always thought really, really highly of Brad Stevens, even in college. And uh, there was a cold take from Tony Maserati. Uh, on January 18th of this year. So funny how Brad Stevens isn't as good a coach when he doesn't have Kyrie. And <laughs> look at him now. From the NBA Finals with, without their two best players because Brad Stevens – listen, the kids are playing good. Brad Stevens is an awesome coach. He's fantastic. That guy went to two, NBA, to two NCAA Finals with Butler. Butler doesn't get any top prospects at all. And he went to two NBA, two NCAA finals, and one of them was without. I think Hayward only went to one of them. He didn't go to the other I, one. I think that's correct. Yeah, that's no, that, that, guy, that guy. That guy coached the shit out of teams. That's you know, that guy was awesome. Yeah. Well, they they have, they had a couple. Of, they had a few NBA talents on there, but he he helped he helped form them into those talents. But uh, I think the real thing was that he had so much time to prepare for the Cavaliers that he. Um, that that that's his biggest upside. He's like the master of the play call, the out balance play call, and he had so many days to pray for the Cavaliers that uh, I don't think anything is going to surprise him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, guys, that's our podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, uh, feel free to subscribe to us on Google Play and the iTunes App Store. <laughs> this is us signing off. Goodbye, everybody. Good to hear you.